Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're watching Leafs Morning Tape. With host Nick Alberta and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. Presented by Batano, it's time for the Tuesday edition of Lease Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill back together once again as we get set for another long, long week of Maple Leafs talk without Maple Leafs games actually happening. And of course, looking forward to Friday's contest, Black Friday in Chicago. Then they're in Pittsburgh on Saturday. How are you, Rosie? Not bad. Yeah, these weeks without games is uh, oh, kind of bunk. We did it uh, leading into the the World Continental Series or whatever the hell it was called. NHL Global Series. You're way now off. We're doing, yeah. Now we're doing it again. So uh, way she goes, one of the drawbacks to having something cool like that, I guess. You know what it means, though? Like down the road, they're going to play like every other day. So we're going to get our money's worth. That's mm-hmm. just uh, we're, we're we're paying for it now, but we're creating co- we're content creators, essentially. No. Oh, absolute influencers, Nicholas. Yeah, no, exactly. We got to get you the blue check mark all over social media. So people are like, oh, this guy's an influencer. They had no idea you played in the National League. It was more so like this guy's an influencer and he's suave. I'm desperate for that check mark. Man, you know what I'm desperate for? NHL hockey on a fucking Tuesday. Like I wake up today and I already knew this because I cover fantasy hockey and I look like a week ahead at the upcoming schedule. There's no games tonight. And then on top of that, I don't know how you feel about this. I understand there's a lot of American teams in this league, but this league is dark on American Thanksgiving, which I disagree with it sometimes. I understand as American players, namely Austin Matthews, but I have no clue what I'm going to do on Thursday night. I have no clue what I'm going to do tonight. I'm not a football guy, so I'm hating this shit. It's called football. Get into it. Sit down with a guy who loves Dude, I have before. I don't need this shit. It sucks. It's terrible. What happens when, why did they kick it? Why, where does the, how do they know when to start? Why do you change your voice? Am I supposed to be Karen or something? Is that me? No, it's just a dummy voice. It's a dummy Uh, And you're the dummy watching football with no idea what's going on. You're a big enough sports guy where you could, like, there's a reason everyone's obsessed with football. I didn't like it till I was living in the States. It is the fucking show down there. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. So you're, you know what? I could tell you the Kansas City Chiefs lost on Monday Night Football, and Taylor Swift's to blame for that. It was the Kelsey Bowl yesterday. I did see that. I'm actually, I'm in Florida. My buddy's a football guy, so we watched a bit last night. But I'm like, can you turn on the Calgary Seattle game, please? I don't need to watch this shit. (laughs) Hey, man, to each their own. Thank you, Rosie. On nights where you don't have any hockey to watch the nfl is a pretty sweet substitute and i think it's just your stubbornness holding you back no i've tried a billion times hell i was in fantasy football leagues like 20 years ago uh nevertheless i, I want to get some comments from you and thoughts on i guess we're proposing it as a world cup of hockey it's going to be the international competition it sounds like in february 2025 and there's a possibility it include just four teams man u.s canada sweden finland no Russians, I guess no dry saddle. I do not see the purpose behind this. Do you? I mean, I'm all for 
for getting together and playing for your country and trying to see who's got the best swath of talent for that like generation. Yeah. I like that. I mean, the Olympics was, was good for that. I liked the Olympic break. I liked like, that's the big show. It means something. What is this going to mean? I mean, like you say, dry settle, just not allowed to play. All the Russians aren't allowed to play. Why? Cause they're, government's a bunch of like mobsters basically is that so they're just not allowed in okay so then someone wins this thing how much is it going to mean to them and how much is it going to disrupt the nhl i mean i like it i'm not against it but it's like from what i'm reading here you're already setting yourself up to to not become a very meaningful thing and i mean that's probably the whole goal i mean look at the Ryder cup in golf it's just like it is everything. It only comes around yeah. every four years and it means so much because every, imagine they're just like, Oh, no players from England can play. It's like, well then it, it, it tarnishes the whole thing. So that's what bugs me. I like the idea of it. And would you, you'd pause the NHL for it, but would there still be an all-star game or no all-star game? Right? I doubt it. I doubt it. I doubt you it. Can't fit it in. Cause it sounds like it would be a week long competition, but to me, if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Like the international competition that's been the case in my lifetime, at least has been the Olympics, but now they're not even going to that. So they're trying to find a way to make revenue, man. That's all that this screams like money bags, right? Like, I don't think they really care if it does well or not. Do people go do fan support, memorabilia, merchandise? Like I was at the last world cup with team North America. In fact, I broadcasted from the concourse level at Scotiabank arena for that with NHL network radio. And, the, the reception was okay, but I could tell you like the headline story was like team North America, which is not even a nation. And it doesn't sound like they're going to do that type of gimmick again. It just, you're right. Like how, how hard are players going to go in a tournament where there's four teams and there's the potential, by the way, where Canada and the U S could play three different times. I, I think it's all about money and I just don't know if it's going to be a draw. Yeah, it's again. Yeah. I like the idea of it, but what? as soon as you pull back, as soon as it's not the Olympic setup where everyone and anyone, let's get them all together. How friggin' good is your nation? Like, let's yeah. find out. And if it's not that, then automatically it's like, eh, eh. I don't know. You yeah. won what? You won what? You won this made up thing. Like the one, team North America. We, we won one. What? Something you made up six months ago. Like that doesn't, I want something to like to create like a history. Right. And, and some prominence. And, and this is uh, something that kids have watched in their, in their youth. And now they're trying to make the team. And it's like this thing where how many, how many world cups did he play in? And it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a feather in your cap. It's an accolade. It's a, it's another thing on your, your hockey DB bio that means something. It's no one's going to put down. They played in the super series with uh, the team, team South southern europe like fuck off no one cares man and as soon as you have it like that where oh but dry couldn't play in it because germany didn't qualify like fuck off man it make it big make it everybody make make some uh make something that could be historical out of it and start now and do it right or i'm not really interested yeah i'm with you bottom line it wouldn't be best on best we'd see some of the best players in the world not play in this tournament just put it this way the last world cup of hockey who did Canada beat to win the gold or whatever, the championship? Do you even remember that? Because I do. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah, I mean. I exactly. Remember. Magical run for Team Europe, man. They they beat Team Europe. They beat an entire continent. That's how big the World Cup of Hockey was. Well, entire I mean, continent. I do remember. What, what I do remember is 2010 and the Olympics. Yes. And how huge that was. Obviously big for Canada. But like that. Does the NHL make something? money off that. No, that's the kicker. Big, big kicker. Nevertheless, let's move on. I just want to get your thoughts on that because I saw that. I'm like, where is this coming from? I'd rather go to All-Star Weekend and have fun with fellow media members and Leafs Nation and Oilers Nation and Flames Nation. But sounds like we could get a uh, international competition. There's not even a name for this thing. You can't call it the World Cup of Hockey with four teams. There could be six teams. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, we have Matthew Barnaby coming on uh, today's show. That should be fun. Yeah, I know it'll be interesting to take uh, get his take on some things, see how much he's following the Leafs and what his tag is. He's been in the media for a long time and obviously yeah. played for uh, even longer, so it'll be good to pick his brain. 
I uh, used to work with Barney back at NHL Network Radio. We did some shows together, uh, one on the road with Barney. Always a great time as well. So Matthew Barnaby's coming up in about uh, 10 or 15 minutes from now at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe on YouTube if you're watching right now at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube. Leafs Morning Take, wherever you find your podcast as well. Brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off, up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app, enter code NATION25. That's code NATION25 in uppercase. 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Offer valid in Canada. Subject to change. Terms apply. I wanted to get a uh, sort of status check from you on the Maple Leafs. I know it's been a turbulent start once again. We talked about this yesterday. Same old pattern with this team. They're starting to cook it a big way. Four, uh, four straight wins leading into the game on Friday in Chicago. But how much differently, Rosie, are you feeling about this team right now two weeks later? Not very differently, man. I mean, really? uh, no, it's I, I never I get down on how they're playing at the time and, you know, excited when they play well. But I don't do this, you know, change my mind about the team just guy. by the week flavor of the week. It's, I just don't get it. Like you have a team. It's it looks what it looks like. So you can put your 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 rating of of how happy you are with the roster coming out of training camp. Okay. And then expectations are this, and then either they're playing up to expectations or exceeding them or whatever they're doing at the time. And you can say why that is and analyze it all the time, but it's not like, Oh my God, they're unbelievable. Now look at them. They've won four straight. Oh, they're good now. And then they're going to go through a little hiccup with some injuries and maybe a goaltender problem. Oh my God. These guys don't have what it takes. Like, what is the point of doing that, man? They're the same team. They're going to go through ebbs and flows of a season, but they're the same team. You can't expect just clear sailing. It's never happened in the history of hockey teams where you just clear sail 82 games. Like how, how is that always the expectation? And then always the surprise when it doesn't happen. Um, it's just, I think it's one of the problems with the market and why the players are so reserved from, from giving anything to the media, why it's so difficult to play, why players don't want to come here because it's so friggin' intense, like settle down and let this team cook. It's almost like you're a former player. Don't get high, too high. Don't get too low. Right. Because I think you're, you're right. There's going to be peaks and valleys throughout a season. The team's feeling good about life right now, but I tend to agree with you. It's not like they've played amazing. I think it's more so they found a way to get the job done. I think there's some glaring issues defensively and still the same old story, uh, inconsistency in between the pipes, something they have to rectify. And I think that does stem from the back end. They've been linked to a couple of names as we've referenced the last couple of weeks. So my status check, like I'm feeling good about this team, but I think it like, remember the uh, old report cards back in the day, like needs improvement. That's probably where I would go. And it just shows you how talented this team is, Rosie. They haven't even been great and they're 10, five and two. It's crazy to me. Yeah, it's good. Um, and we know that that's, you know, those numbers and those stat lines and this, the regular season, you know, accolades aren't the end all be all. They really aren't. I like one of the reasons I don't get two up or two down is like this team has got a ton of positives going for it, but I just don't believe they're the team like to, to, to win the Stanley cup as they sit. Um, I think changes have to be made. I don't do not think you can go into the playoffs with this roster. You'll have a yeah. similar result that you have. Maybe get to the second round. Great. But that's it. You can't, you, you can't go deep with that many holes or eventually it'll funnel through. So defense needs to be shored up. I'm not as concerned about the defense. I know Sammy's had a hiccup. He's crawling out of it. Wall looks really good. And we got a third layer in Elliot there that could, who knows what will happen over the next 60 games or whatever. But uh, Jones, yeah. Jones, sorry. Um, it's the defense. You have to shore up the D. You have to have some some reliability back there. Some some guys that can just literally break up plays that would otherwise tie the game or be the go ahead goal and and screw up your game and screw up your series potentially. You have to have some some solidity back there and and you have to make a move to make that happen. And I'm sure it's going to, but. I just, that's why I don't get too up and too down right now because I'm like, that's fine. This isn't the team that's going to take us to the promised land. The changes are probably coming. They're hard to do. Church tree living's hard at work, but things have to change in order for me to say, okay, I'm, I'm getting on this horse and here we go. That yeah. doesn't mean I'm denying them or anything. I'm just saying I'm not getting real excited either way until they fix up this back end. 
This comment in the chat is fantastic from Kirk Tuss. I'm so sick of hearing how much work pro sports are. I lift as a hobby and can outbench 90% of the league. <laughs> what does that even mean? So, I don't so know. all they do, they just bench press and that's why it's hard because they go do bench press. Half these guys can't even bench squat. I don't understand that one. Uh, did you see that um, John Klingberg? We're going to get some clarity. It sounds like uh, as soon as this week, man, we talked about this yesterday too. It just seems to be trending towards a direction. Like, man, I even heard stuff that this guy may never play again. Like, how did it go from him playing against Vancouver and all of a sudden, like, we're trending in that direction with a nagging injury that's, you know, did he not disclose this on July 1 when he signed with the Maple Leafs? Like, some weird, weird shit happening again with this team. Like, it happened with Matt Murray. It's happened with others, the Roby Island thing. And it seems to be happening again where we're going to get some clarity. And it sounds like the clarity could be that this guy's going in LTR, at least to me. That's my speculation. That's crazy, man. I and know. The, the other thing was, let's say we go back to July 1, knowing what we know now, and just choose not to take and sign John Klingberg. How many would people, how many would take it? They would take it. Everybody. I feel like a lot of people would free up that four and a half and not have him. He's, he's just kind of, he hasn't been what we hoped been kind of more of a liability than, you know, a savior on the back end. So if we could just wipe our hands of that, that's ultimately what would happen if he goes on long-term IR. I mean, it's can't believe we're talking about that, but it's almost like, okay, not the worst news ever. Normally you, you lose your four and a half million dollar, you know, free agent defensive defenseman signing and you're, you're devastated, but he, he kind of hasn't panned out. So maybe that wouldn't be the worst thing for this organization for him personally. It's devastating. I feel for him, but I'm not wearing that hat right now. I'm thinking roster wise. And it seems like, well, that's okay. Free that money up. And, and that could help facilitate, facilitate a deal somewhere else. Yeah. For me personally, I just, I, I want to know why this always seems to happen conveniently to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like I, I, I'm all for the cap space and all that stuff, but like, it's very convenient that they're reportedly talking to Calgary about Tanev and possibly Zadorov. And then all of a sudden a guy they signed for what, what 4.15 million, a one-year deal might just suddenly go away. It's like way too convenient. It happened with Matt Murray, man. I know we saw him on crutches opening night or whatever that was, but the guy's just like, you know what? You're hurt. You are injured. Well, there's lots of room to go down conspiracy uh, conspiracy theory lane there with, with hey, there's some backroom deals going on. There's some handshakes yeah, and understandings. It's it's wild. I'm not saying that's happening, but that's twice now where a guy that's, uh, you need the contract off the books, who isn't playing well, all of a sudden steps away and says, oh, out of the blue, I can't play anymore. But that hasn't happened yet. We'll wait. Um, yeah, it, it's, it stems back to the Lou Lamorello era. I think you have Lou Lamorello to, to, to blame for all this. We, we got people in the chat now, given their leg press stats, their bench stats, Patrick G mafia. I could do pull-ups at 14. <laughs> so why doesn't he play professional sports? If he's just do, if he's good at bench press and doing leg, leg press. Yeah, yeah. no, Kirk, right. Kirk, same guy. Kirk writes in, even when Sam proved he can do pull-up on the TSN pre-draft show, he didn't, he did chin-ups. <laughs> <laughs> remember Sam Bennett couldn't do them no he couldn't do one whatever yeah and then uh, Dr. Firewater asked me do you even lift bro lol just kidding yeah I, I work out sometimes actually I brought up the comment a couple weeks back remember when I was Bret Hart for Halloween's you know one of our uh one of our viewers saw me at a Halloween party and I, he pretty much said I thought you were a little pips week and then yeah, he saw big- me pre- yeah you're bigger than you come off you're like 6'3 man you're looking down on me almost so yeah well I wouldn't go that far. I think it'd still pump the wheels off me, but it's okay. Doesn't mean you lift, bro. Yeah, no, apparently not. So the chat's very, very engaged. I think they're going to be engaged with today's guest as well. The following interview is brought to you by Sober Carpenter. Hold the alcohol, keep the flavor, enjoy a range of non-alcoholic beers so good that you'll think it's the real thing. Look for Sober Carpenter at Sobeys, Loblaws, Whole Foods, Metro, Farm Boy, and other retailers today at the Leafs Nation 401, where you could subscribe as we bring in today's guest, it is the one and only Matthew Barnaby. Barney, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? Fantastic. Just, uh, you know, talking some Leafs here as we do on a normal basis. Uh, what, what's your read on this team been thus far this season? Well, first of all, I can't do a pull-up anymore. I used to be in great shape, but no more. Not, not, not. <laughs> I'd be the chin-up guy. I'm actually the guy now at, at yoga. If we ever had to do a uh, push-up, I do like the knee push-ups. That's what happens when you get to 50. But um, <laughs> the, the Leafs, you know, I, I really don't judge them that much right now because they're, they're, they're going to be a top three in 
in, in, in their conference. And it's once we get to the playoffs, but you know, I think the surgeons and just the domination that William Nylander has had, I think that just furthers expectations even more. Now the cloud hangs over. Can they get this done and have him sign long-term, but he's been unreal, but this team doesn't get judged really uh, fully till April. And that's, that's just the reality of being a good regular season team and a team that hasn't had success in the playoffs, but uh, certainly a team that could do some, some damage if they get some goaltending. Is that D good enough still? Uh, I don't think so, but uh, a lot of time. What's uh, what was your team growing up, Barnes? Did you follow anyone? Do you have like a hometown team or someone that you kind of have your allegiance to? No, not anymore. I played on seven teams and played 15 years, so I don't have it anymore. I cheer for Ottawa, um, you know, because I'm here and, you know, the bars are more fun. Everyone's in a better mood. It's not to the same level that I cheer for the New York Jets, which I was in Buffalo this last weekend. There wasn't a lot of cheering going on. But as a kid, I was a massive, massive Montreal Canadiens fan. Matt Snazlin was by far my favorite, favorite player. Um, Didn't really model my game after him. Uh, but certainly the team I, I, I cheered for the most uh, until I until I turned pro. And then one of my first games was against Montreal. I was in 93 in that series uh, where we lost to them four straight games. And they went on to win the Stanley Cup the last time anyone's ever won a Stanley Cup in, in Canada. It all makes sense now, Barney, because I think the first time I met you or the first time I worked with you, I said, dude, I fucking hated you as a kid. And I was a Leafs fan, as you recall there. And it just seemed like every time you played the Leafs, you, you brought your best. Is that because you were a Habs fan growing up and you hated them just as much? No, I, I just think the rivalry between Toronto yeah. and, and Buffalo over those years, you know, we had a tough team and and with Rob Ray and Brad May, Bob Bugner. And, you know, when I started, they had Baumgartner and Kip Rios and Domi. Uh, there was some, some great nights. It was a two-hour bus drive. You know, we'd drive down or they'd drive down. Uh, you know, they'd come into our building and half the fans would be Toronto Maple Leafs fans. So I think it created that instant rivalry, which which is awesome. You know, we don't have those kind of rivalries anymore. Hopefully it's it's budding to the point where Ottawa, Toronto and that that Battle of Ontario is back because I think it's great for sports. And, you know, I don't miss the fighting uh, out of the game, but it certainly created those rivalries because of the toughness. So organically, we have to have two good teams that are close to each other, whether it's Buffalo, Toronto, Buffalo hasn't held up their end of the bargain in the last 12 years. Uh, Ottawa in the last six, seven years hasn't held up their end of the bargain. So the only way organically to generate those, those rivalries is through being two good teams. And hopefully we can have that uh, with Ottawa and Toronto and Buffalo uh, in Toronto in the near future. Barnes with, uh, you know, you played as long as you did. You've been in the media long enough now. I think a big problem at the beginning of the beginning of the season with the Maple Leafs was just playing with that jam and you're no stranger to it. They feel like they might have addressed it a little bit more, but throughout league wide, what do you see as far as, you know, who's playing with that jam and, and is there a lack of it in the league? I talked to like guys running teams and scouts and they say, we can't find a guy this day and age that has that factor. And it's like, it blows my mind because it's free to play that way, as you know, and it's so effective. Why does it, why, why, what's going on with this generation? They don't want to step up and, and play that, that hard nosed hockey. And listen, it's a lot easier to make the NHL being a third or fourth line penalty kill guy and, and a jam guy, a glue guy. Totally. And it is that it is to be a top six guy and a power play guy. Those, those guys don't leave the Connor McDavid's, the dry the Matthews, the Marners, the other, we, we can name so many on every team. It's a lot easier. The fact is, for the most part, this generation doesn't want to do it. And I, I I'm not going to name a name because he's 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 a family friend, but he's played a little bit in the National Hockey League. He's in the American League right now on a big deal. And I've told him if if you just finished all your checks, you're a really fast skater. You're six foot three. If you fought five or six times a year, you'd make two million dollars. But the fact is, he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to change his game. And it's funny when I, I think Billy Guerin is the one that came up with the line and I kind of stole it from him and kind of used it from, you know, writing my book and then, and then going back to junior, everyone's saying they're willing to do anything to make the NHL. Everyone says that they're willing to do anything to make it in the media. Everyone's saying they're, they want that promotion or be the highest level, but are you really willing to do anything? And the fact is, Probably 95% aren't. They say it. It's easy to say it. Are you willing to do a podcast for free 
for two years to get to that next level? Are you willing to scout for free to get to that next level? Are you willing to fight or do a little extra, finish every tech block shots to get to that next level? Everyone says they are. I just don't think this generation as a whole is really willing to do it. You got me fired up just saying that speech right there. But naturally, I think that fits in perfectly to this Maple Leafs conversation because I think it's fair to ask that question every springtime. The players say the right things in the exit interviews every year, but I I still have my wonders if this team can finally pull through. How do you feel about them? Well, listen, they're going to have to outscore their opponents. And when we get into uh, April and May, outscoring your opponents is great once in a series you have you you have to be disciplined defensively that that that's what wins i mean it, it's great to be able to be down two nothing start of the third period and be able to find a way to score three goals and they 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 have that ability can they play well enough defensively uh, right now the answer is no right now they can outscore their mistakes on some nights but that catches up to you look at the edmonton oilers look at the edmonton oilers in in the western conference You know, I think if you're looking at a direct comparable, that would be a direct comparable. Now, they haven't got off to the start. They've they've been absolutely putrid and haven't been able to score, outscore their mistakes on on most nights. But that's why we're going to have to wait and see. Once Tree Living does hopefully his magic for Toronto Maple Leafs fans, can he find a big defense? Patrick Kane is not the answer to come in to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, It's weird. Right? Can we stop that fucking narrative that he's going to come in? Like they got enough of those guys and yes. he's older with, with a new hip. Like they don't need him. He can go to Florida. He can, he can, he can go to Dallas and, and help them offensively on a second power play unit, whatever it may be. They don't need Patrick Kane. They need to find a Jake Muzzin. That's what they need to find. They, they need a big defenseman. Not that's going to fight all the time, but can be there to help out teammates to make it tough to get to those scoring areas it's a lot easier to get there now but still we talked about this generation not wanting to do all the little things when a guy like jake muzzin is front of the net it's harder and and you might leave with a couple bruises with whatever they can do in 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 this day and age so right now do i believe that they're a stanley Cup contender no they're an exciting team to watch and make it fun whether they have the puck or they don't have the puck so let me ask it this way then. Do you believe that if they add a Zadorov or a Tanev or even both, like they're a legitimate contender? Because Rosie and I yes. have been on that train for a while, man. Those guys would both bring a sort of a different look to the back end, no? A- absolutely. And we can go to Ryan Reeves. And I like Ryan Reeves. I'm yeah. not I'm not going to jump on a on, on a on a train for clicks like someone else did. Uh, <laughs> you, listen, he adds a valuable piece to the team in the regular season. And I think he gives everyone a little their their little Charlie Brown blanket that they can carry around and know if things do go awry, that that he's going to be there to protect them. Is he going to play valuable minutes? No. Is he going to be in the lineup probably in, in playoff games? No. So that's not, that's, that's, that's not going to affect the bottom line of the team and push them over the top. That's just going to give them some security blankets at times during the regular season where you know a guy's going to have your back. Adding guys that play 20, 25 minutes that make the game harder to play and can actually keep up with the speed of the game, that that that's value. That That's value. And it all comes down to the playoffs. I mean, it's a like when you step from the regular season to the playoffs, the, the jump in intensity is so high. You need guys that are going to be the ones that provide that extra intensity rather than the guys who are going to take a step back and say, Oh my, I thought this was a track meet. I'll just stay on the outside and hopefully get my cookies. Like good luck, man. You need guys that are the ones that step up in the playoffs and make that intensity jump. And and I would say they're at the point now where they realize how important that is. And they, they've, they've had those, those failures, a little bit of success last year, finally getting over that hump of a first round exit. But, I, listen, I, I feel bad for them in a way, not not because of the money they make or whatever. Because I, I listen, that that's just that is what it is. It's going into the regular season knowing that the eighty-two games that you're going to play and the six months, seven months that you're playing don't matter. You you got to you you still have to get there, but it doesn't matter what they do. The same narrative is going to come back, and that 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 that's just the reality of the business that we're in. They just need to make the playoffs whether they're first seed or an eighth seed, it doesn't matter because all we're waiting for is the first game, the first round and the second round prove to us. You can do it when it really counts. And that, that that's a hard way to go about 82 games. 
Because if they win five in a row, everyone's like, oh, this is what we expected. They lose two in a row. Again, same old Maple Leafs. 82-game tune-up, we like to look at it. Uh, you referenced Willie Nylander earlier on. You, you, you definitely have a hand in the betting world. Uh, MVP, would you, would you sniff around on the futures uh, look at an MVP for Willie Nylander and just your your general assessment of his play so far this season? Yeah, I, I, I definitely would be. I haven't looked it up yet. I'm, I'm big into the, the the football aspect right yeah. now. Um, but listen, he's he's on a different level right now. He is, his, his compete, nothing more dangerous than a guy that loves, that, that is very skilled and is looking to get paid. And he's not taking a penny less. What he can get elsewhere uh, in other markets uh, than what Toronto, let's just say the number was 10 and a half or $11 million, whatever the number is. And this is where there's such an unfair advantage for teams in in no state taxes, mm-hmm. where they can come in and swoop in and get them for nine five. And he's going to make more, and he's going to be living in a warmer place. That's that's just the reality of the NHL, which I think should be changed. Uh, but yeah, I'd definitely be sniffing around. He's been he's been electric, man. He's been electric. That that compete level um, is on a different level than I've ever seen William Nylander, and it's. It's money motivated, money. Motivated. Well, it's, it's like start a superstar right now, but I think yeah. the guy does, deserves credit for his evolution yeah. as a player. Like even last year, he had a 40 goal campaign first yeah. time in his career. But I wanted to ask you too, like, so you play the role of Brad tree living. And I put in an article today uh, at the, the leafsnation.com where it's like, they have to learn from some of the mistakes from the, uh, the previous administration in terms of setting a pecking order. What would be your walk number right now on Willie Nylander? Because obviously he's made a couple bucks here with the start to the season. Yeah, I think anything over 11. Uh, yeah. I, I, I just I just couldn't do it. The, the, the conundrum for the Toronto Maple Leafs, he's going to take his money. And, and we've mm-hmm. seen what happened in the last negotiations. We've seen what happens with, with his dad uh, when he was negotiating. There's not going to be a dollar left on, on the table. And the level he's playing at, you, you also can't let this guy walk for free. Like you have such a valuable asset. And I've said this, I mean, we're going back probably 15 years when Jay Bowmeister hit the open market. I'm like, yeah. never let a star player walk for free. And that's the conundrum that they're in because you can't win without William Nylander in the playoffs. But how do you let a guy walk for free? That it just, it's just not something that I can do. And maybe I'm always looking long-term and, if you're not the clear favorite, like a Las Vegas or or Colorado, where you don't mind losing a guy that really have a chance to win a stand. Oh no, I think we lost Barney. We're gonna try to get him back here. But your well, thoughts on that, Rosie? Is we, oh, we got you back. We got you back. Yeah, Go if, ahead, you're, if you're not a top four team and don't mind losing him for free and taking a run, then you got to do it. But then. Then you got the fans that are going to go like, it's just, it's, they're in an impossible situation. But having said that 11 million is my number. I just don't think they can, I just don't think they can afford any more than that. Yeah. And I mean, it just keeps coming down to the core four, how much money they make. I mean, you got John Tavares making $11 million. It's just, it handcuffs you. So uh, I've always been of the, of the school of you, you gotta, you gotta make a big move. Your back end's not good enough. You can't bolster it without moving something in the front. You got four guys of the same, you know, cloth making that big money. You're going to have to break something up. And I just can't seem to wrap my mind around letting William Nylander walk and watching him flourish elsewhere and having that pain again, that, that Leafs fans are all too familiar with. It's, 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 it's a hard one. How they maneuver, that's that's in the cap world when you got great players up front and they have, Glad they have I'm four not of them. Living. Well, you're, you're not you're not trading Matthews. You just signed him to a long-term extension. Mm-hmm. No one's taking Tavares at, at that no. number. And mm-hmm. Marner's a hell of a player. So all, 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 all of these things add up to same old Toronto Maple Leafs and being heavy up front and having to win 5-4, five, 6-5. You're right. But the crazy thing is, it doesn't seem like they want to change their ideology, right? If they did when they brought in their new GM, they would have. Like, to me, this all stems back to A, Kyle Dubas gave these guys whatever they wanted. So it starts the system right away. And B, it goes back to Brendan Shanahan. This is what he wants. If this is what he wants, it's not going to change. But I couldn't agree more. Like, how many times can you go back to that well with this nucleus in place and it doesn't work in the playoffs, and you continue to pay them and pay them and pay them. Because my question is, if you're the Nylander camp, why are you asking for anything less than what Marner's getting right now? And then Marner's going to want to raise, right? Don't even negotiate. If, I, if I'm William Nylander, I'm not talking about... If I'm William Nylander, 
I cut off all conversations right now. Talk, talk to me at the end of the year. It's not going to go down. Not going to go down. It yeah. might go down in Toronto, but it's not going to go in other markets. So someone's going to yeah. come looking for goals. And he's, I mean, he's every game he steps on the ice right now, he's just putting more money in his pocket. If I'm that camp, I don't negotiate at all with the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. If I want to maximize my money. Yeah, let's hope he doesn't think that way. Barney, uh, thank (laughs) you so much for doing this. Let's promote your book. Let's do that. All right, Matthew Barnaby Unfiltered, Amazon. Jeffrey Bezos has absolutely everything. My wife is there every day. (laughs) Christmas (laughs) is coming up as well. Thanks for this, buddy. Hey, thanks, guys. Keep up the awesome work. Thank you. Take care, buddy. The one and only Matthew Barnaby bringing the heat, but uh, I hate to admit with that take, but it's the right take. And if, and that's why Rosie, we talked about it. The, the Nylander camp has some big decisions to make over the next little while. And to me, the first question is that they should be asking how badly do I want to be a Toronto Maple Leaf? And again, I don't fault them whatsoever. I don't know if you agree with this take. And again, over at the leafsnation.com, I wrote an article about this today, how Austin Matthews is always going to write his own check. Right. And I think the real negotiation starts now the negotiation negotiating i should say should start with nylander but there needs to be a pecking order so you have matthews nobody's getting more than matthews and i think the problem beforehand is that everybody got their cookies and then some like they asked for something and dubis is like okay you got it but now the second contract it's caught it caused an absolute shit show like in a cap world you just can't do that it's tough, man. They've got their hands just tied and you just can't, if you're going to untie them, you have to undo those four. And yeah. I'm sorry to me, if you, you, you can't just free something up and with no value, it has to be something of value. It has to hurt a little bit. Yeah. And to me, Mitch Marner, the way he plays without jam and how he's, you know, shown himself sure he's got some points and stuff. I understand that, but I'm thinking about real life, going to war, winning the Stanley Cup. I think that he's the odd man out. I would like to have John Tavares out with his age and his thing, but it's not going to happen till next, till after next year. But you, you move like what could you get for Marner? How much could you move, and and what would you get in return? And would your team look better afterwards as a playoff team or not? And I just think the team has to change, and there's no way to change it without making some big splashes. It's it's just difficult. I would not want to be tree living right now because he has got a major predicament and whatever he decides to do is going to be basically written in stone and he's going to have to live with it. It's uh, it really crazy because like you think back a couple of years ago in this market specifically, they were thinking about, hey, let's win three or four or five Stanley Cups. Now it's like, <laughs> let, let's try to salvage one. You know what I mean? Like they've had this nucleus in place for a long, long period of time. And it's crazy how the mentality has sort of shifted and the focus has shifted. And I think the harsh reality in a cap world, and I get it, it's going up, but I just don't see a pathway where you're keeping all these guys, whether we have this conversation now or we have it after the season, that's going to be the big thing with me when it comes to Marner. If they can't get Nylander done, the Marner contract, what the hell is that going to look like? I, I think the next nine to 12 months are going to be like a defining time in the tenure of the GM, the new GM and Brad tree living. Like they got a lot of heavy lifting ahead. And unfortunately not to, to rack on the previous administration. I thought a lot, they did some great things. Kyle Dubas did some excellent things for this team, but negotiation was not his strong point. I think you look at some of the contracts he's, he's put out there. There's been a couple good ones, but also the big ones have, have not been great. And the Leafs are paying for it, right? Like even the Nylander contract, it was an eight-year deal, you know, the, the, the other guys. If they were eight-year deals, we wouldn't be talking about this right, right now. And unfortunately, they weren't. Yeah, and, you know, I can't get my head around the fact that Tavares makes $11 million. It's just And the guy so- wanted to come here. Like, he wanted to come here. Apparently, San Jose offered 13, whatever it was. But, like, he wanted to come here. And I, I did put this in my article, too. Like, John Tavares's don't fall on your lap on July 1st. I get that, but... Hindsight's twenty twenty. In retrospect, should they have brought John Tavares in? Probably not. But I don't think there was this expectation that they were going to be able to talk to John Tavares, right? And then he fall, falls in your lap. What are you going to do, right? You have to say yes, no? I guess it's just one of those end of the contract things where it's heavy and all of a sudden yeah. the guy's not quite worth it. And he's great. Rosie, and he's, like, he's still a really effective player, man. He's a point-per-game guy. I think the problem people have is with the number, and it's more so people have a problem with the numbers because they got to pay these other guys. 
right? I'm not saying I'm not saying he's me out there getting eleven yeah. million dollar. I understand yeah. what he is, but the eleven mil is reserved yeah. for. I mean, we're talking about Nylander making eleven mil right now, exactly. so yeah. it's too high, and it it handcuffs you. And unfortunately, they yeah. have the previous administration has just gone too heavy on the front end on the core four, and it just doesn't leave enough to go around. And and they've suffered because yeah. of it. They've suffered in the playoffs because of it. I mean, it's unfortunate. That, like Barnaby said, it's the same old story with the Leafs top end heavy and not enough back there. And it's just like, why not build your team around? I, you can't, you can't really control what comes on your lap and who turns into what, but like, if I were to be heavy somewhere, I'd want to be heavy in the back end. And that's, yeah. that's playoff teams that go deep and, and the other guys, you know, get by, by, you know, you win games three, two, and you don't try to win them six, five. So it, yeah. it's tough. I want, I, I have hope that they can bolster the back end, how they do it. I mean, crazy things happen and big deals get pulled and people's yeah. minds are blown. They, we've never thought about that. And you know, you got a good guy in there that are, that's crunching all the scenarios to try to make it, make it good. So I'm just sitting here with the easy job, you know, yeah. waiting, critiquing, thinking about what could happen and, and hoping that you come out with, with the better, with a better playoff team coming into April. And, like you said, like Barnaby said, like uh, Jake Muzzin, I mean, we had him. Like if things happen, you the defense looks a lot different with Jake Muzzin yeah. in there. And unfortunately, you know, things happen to a team. Injuries happen. And it's not always, you know, somebody's fault. But what do we do now? And I just, I really, there's just, I we cannot go into the playoffs with this, with this look, or I won't even be excited for it. Because I'll know yeah. what, know what's going to happen. They're going to do something, though. I wouldn't alarm yourself with that. But I think I agree with you. Like, you have to re reallocate that coin somewhere. And I, I, I think you're banging your head against the wall if you think the core four. If it doesn't happen this year, it ain't happening. I'm sorry. Like, you've tried everything. And I think they need, like, I'm with you. I think they need to make a, a monstrous decision. It's either re-sign Nylander or give him what he wants and, you know, find a trade partner for Marner. But that's going to be tough. He's a year away from UFA after this season. Pretty much can call his own shot. Like, Columbus calls you up and they're like, Hey, we want Marner. I understand they sort of talked last time around. Marner could be like, nah, I'm not re-signing there. And I don't know who's giving up anything of substance for one year of, of, of Marner. And, and that in lies the question, nobody's got cap space as well. So yeah, it's going to be a fascinating conversation uh, to, to watch unfold over the next couple months. And uh, obviously leading into the trade deadline and after the season as well, Wendy's is letting you win real food with your fantasy team this year with the Wendy's daily face-off survivor pool. For those of you who smoke the competition, Wendy's is rewarding you with weekly prizes that will have you winning despite your lack of team-building skills. Download the Wendy's app and score yourself 150 bonus reward points on your first order and grab a sweet victory from the mouth-watering jaws of defeat along with some fresh, never-frozen beef. Put your prediction skills to the test and score yourself 1,300 bonus points if you win the week. Use your points to grab your favorite menu items at Wendy's. Again, head on over to dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com to play today. I wanted to do a bit of a Marley's report. We haven't done that so far this season. Off to a pretty good start. 8-4 and 2, 18 points. Tied for second in the North Division. And uh, Alex Steves is a guy we haven't really focused on very much. He had a pretty decent training camp, but he's got 11 goals in 14 games. But I will tell you right now, I like the current configuration of the Maple Leafs roster. But I tell you, if somebody goes down um, forward-wise, I think Steves has to be the first call up here. It's looking that way. I mean, a lot of the time it's, it's who's hot. They look, they look down and they go put yeah. their hand into the jar and say, who is hot? We need a guy for, you know, two weeks. Who's hot. And, and you'll grab that guy. And that's why the American league is a different beast as far as teammates and camaraderie and stuff. Don't get me wrong. Guys are tight and everything, but it's you're fighting each other for jobs. You want to be the guy that that's, that's the hot pistol. And then yeah. boom, you hear on, you know, through the grapevine that so-and-so went down and then you're sitting here going, is it me? Is it me? Is it me? And you look through that list. There's some good players down there, some guys playing good, solid team. And that's always nice to have because when the well is dry, you're just standing there screwed for X amount of weeks and time that you have guys. Oh, you can, you can replace guys on the Maple Leafs with these guys just fine. And, and, yeah. you know, hopefully catch some lightning in a bottle and have a guy really make it tough for you. Like some guys did in training camp. I don't think people realize how integral it is for people in the AHL and sort of guys on, on team friendly deals, like how important those type of players are to this roster, especially everything with the structure and the big boys and the money they make. So like the more, the merrier, the guys like Matthew Nyes and, 
and Nick Robertson. And again, I understand there's not a lot of prospects who are ready right now, like guys like Niemela need some time and Hervinen. But like even Nick Abruzzese could factor in at some point in time. He's got 12 points in 14 games. He's a fringe NHLer. I think a big story right now with the Marlies is Kiefer Bellows, formerly the New York Islanders a couple of years back. But he's currently on a PTO, but he's on the top line for the Marlies. He has 11 points in seven games, and we'll see if he gets a contract at some point in time for the Maple Leafs. But you need players like that to elevate um, and then graduate to the Major League roster if you're going to have success, if you want to go with this type of structure, no? Yeah, and it's good when when guys come up and they're hungry and they want a contract and they want to stay in the NHL and they like it's fun to watch because at puck drop that kid's first shift they are going balls out mm-hmm. and you know I don't want to say complacent but sometimes you know the life of a you know ten year NHL veteran or whatever gets a little mundane and, and you lose that piss and vinegar and it takes a guy coming up especially when he's maybe pushing for your job or he's kind of, you know, in the same realm of what you do for that team. And he is buzzing out there. Like you saw it in training camp this year, guys were flying, like forcing the hand of the general manager to say, holy shit, we need to give this guy a contract. We need to let this guy on the opening night roster. Like you force that. And, and that, that, that elevates everyone else's game. People take notice. It rubs off on people. And who's this, who's this new guy coming in here? Holy smokes. He can kind of invigorate a little bit of a, a different mindset throughout a, a team and, and push everybody. So it's good to have those guys in the, in the woodwork, sitting in the weeds, waiting. And when they get their opportunity, it looks like a lot of those guys are uh, are ready to go. Of course, we'll see what happens here with Calgary. We did see reports, as mentioned, uh, over the weekend that, you know, talks could amplify. But I don't know if you've seen Calgary Flames starting to play some hockey here. They're winning some games. They came back from behind last night. I'm not going to say they're going to make the playoffs, but they're now six points clear of Edmonton. They're finding their way a bit and start to wonder if that could change the focus of the GM, Craig Conroy, and say, you know what, let's reevaluate in a couple months or a month from now. So, again, we we think the Leafs are obviously in on Tanev and Zadorov, but Along those lines, maybe some of these Marlies guys could factor in on a potential deal, whether it's now or down the road. Guys like Steve's, Abruzzese, and certainly um, Bobby, McKin- Bobby McMahon, who's on the roster right now. So something to monitor as well is like your depth. You could utilize that to pick up some guys down the road via trades because uh, to, to get, you must give up. And we'll see who goes potentially on the Marlies front moving forward. But off to a really good start. We'll try to do this, uh, do those throughout the season. Brought to you by Botano, the 2023 EGR winner for both the Best Sportsbook Operator of the Year and Best In-Play Sports Operator Awards. The game starts now. Um, there's no NHL hockey tonight, which kind of stinks. And uh, looking forward to tomorrow's slate. Very, very busy slate as teams get ready for America Thanksgiving. No games on Thursday. And then just a ton of, I think there's 15 games coming up on Friday. So I think we just want to take this time to remind you about Botano and the different ways you can bet. Um, the futures market's huge, man. If you want to jump in on Willie uh, to, to, to win the MVP award, I think that's a good look right now. The heart, he's been tremendous. There's some value uh, futures-wise with this Leafs team. And uh, I love the Botano, the fact that you can you know bet a variety of different ways here. Yeah, the futures are always fun, man. Uh, you know, you sit in your account and you look at that and you go, oh, yeah, I got that waiting. And, you know, it gets more and more likely as it comes. Yeah, and the number drops and you're locked in at X. But there's huge value in the sh- in the futures yeah. market. It's because so much can happen in between now and, and when the decision is made. But, yeah, money to be made, man. If you got a good feeling about someone like a Willie Nylander who's, mm-hmm. you know, playing for a contract, who's on fire right now, who's not normally a Hart Trophy candidate, sprinkle a couple shackles on him couple of things I'm feeling really good about the futures appeal. And I'll be the first to admit I'm so impatient. So waiting all season long to cash, I hate it. But yeah, um, before the year, Thatcher Demko was my pick for the Vesna trophy. He's been tremendous. Um, I have some money on Quinn Hughes to win Norris, which I put before the season. Mm. And Rick Tockett, uh, about two weeks into the season, I put some money on him to win um, obviously the Jack Adams. I, I wouldn't see the Vancouver Canucks like sweeping the awards market, but I think there's obviously a lot of value when it comes to the Canucks right now. They've been an exceptional story. Well, if you saw them come in early season, uh, you had your eyes on the prize, man. They have been dominating their top of the bloody leaderboard and points is just a a plethora of Canucks. So they're off to a hot start for sure. They seem to have found something and they're coached really well um, by your Jack Adams candidate. So good on them. We'll see how it goes down. But yeah, maybe, uh, maybe some Maple Leafs futures too. 
Willie for Hart Trophy, and certainly I did jump in on Austin Matthews to win the Rocket Richard before the season. My big hot take was that Connor McDavid wouldn't even be a top three goal scorer in this league this year. And the jury's still out on that, but there's some other guys cooking, man. Kyle Connor, David Pasternak, like it's been a weird, weird start. I don't know if you agree with like Austin Matthews, man. He's had a couple hatties, he's done his thing, but like he hasn't been like Austin Matthews, Austin Matthews yet, but he's shown you know, spurts of that, which we really didn't see last year. It just shows you how good this guy is. But I still love him to win the Rocket Richard this season. It would be nice to see, you know, a little bit more consistency. He seems to score in bunches, get hot, and then kind of go away for a little bit, get hot. And everyone has their different way it goes. Remember a couple of years ago, was it in the, uh, it was in the COVID season and I was covering the team on, on um, Sportsnet Radio in Toronto and I was doing the Leafs games and every game he would score a goal. Like this year, it's yeah. been different how he's got it where it's like three, here's three. And then like, here's one in four games. That year was like one or two a night. Like he was on an insane pace and he still is. Uh, but again, we're, it, it's sort of funny. Like everything's so different in this market. You look at Matthews, his start. I saw some ridiculousness on social media yesterday. Is Mitch Marner hurt? He's got 20 points in 15 games. Like, I don't know what people want from this guy. Mitch is Mitch is different where he's he quietly puts up the points. I mean, you don't yeah. notice him as much out there. He doesn't do anything of the extracurriculars, but he's always that, you know, second assist guy and kind of set it up from the beginning. He's phenomenal hockey player, but he just doesn't stand out the way some guys do. And, you know, someone will ask that question. What's going on with Mitch? And then go, holy shit, look at the points he's got racked up. It is what it is, but... Uh, to me, I'd like to see Austin score a little bit more consistently because you can't go four games without a goal because that could be your playoff series. Um, and I'd like to see Mitch show up with, I mean, I'm I'm not way holding my breath or anything, but play with a little bit more enthusiasm and jam and get in there and, and you know, Good luck get to the dirty areas and bury one and bang and F you a guy and give him a shot and have everyone Good come luck. in. I just, I'd love to see that enough in the playoffs. What are you mouthing back there? No, I would say good luck with that. Like you want yeah, to, like know. people in the chat like are I said, I'm, not, wait- thing. I'm yeah. not waiting for it, but it's just part of a game. It's just part of a part of the game that he doesn't have in his game, which always kind of bothers me. Uh, we know that because you've won in a couple of rants on this program. So we'll leave it at that for today. Looking forward to tomorrow's show as we get closer and closer to the back to back on Friday and Saturday, uh, Friday afternoon in Chicago, then Pittsburgh for a Kyle Dubas revenge game for the Maple Leafs. Um, on Saturday. So uh, looking forward to that. Many thanks to everybody in the chat. It was a wild chat today, man. Talking bench press, leg press, but uh, way off track, way off track. Apparently the only thing hard about being a professional athlete is having to bench press. Yes. (laughs) What a take. That was uh, an elite take by our guy uh, in the chat there. So thank you to everybody at the Leafs Nation 401. Strike the like. I believe one of you in the chat said that I like that phrase. You got to get a slogan on a shirt or something like that. Strike the like. Hit us with a subscription as well at the Leafs Nation 401. Many thanks to producer Aaron as well. And, and thanks very much as well to our guest today and Matthew Barnaby. That's Jay Rosell. I'm Nick Alberga. We'll talk tomorrow. Take care. See you tomorrow. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit that subscribe button and never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. T-H-E-L-E-A-F-S-N-A-T-I-O-N dot com. <laughs> you don't know how to spell the Leafs Nation. You know what I mean? Um, but hey, sometimes you never know.